It's ten times the terror. Hello and welcome to Ten Times the Terror. Not okay. <laughs> Shut up! I don't usually start. <laughs> okay. I'm just, I'm just I'm just picturing the sound of like the bees buzzing when she's about to kill someone. Oh my gosh! Every time the bees were no. Okay, wait. Let's wait. Let's wait to get into it. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to Ten Times a Tear. I'm Gwen. I'm James. And on today's episode, we are going to be discussing the new TV series Swarm. That is on Amazon Prime right now, and um, it just came out. Donald Glover is um, the head runner working on it, as well as who was the other person, James? Um, it's Janine Neighbors. Janine Neighbors, that's right. Um, but the co-creators and I think both executive producers. Yeah. I think you're right, and I think that they each took turns writing episodes. Um, but let's just say. We can't really give any overview of Swarm without completely going into spoilers. My recommendation would be to watch it, not even listening to me tell you the synopsis for it, and just go in blind because it is just so different. But now that I've said that, to get into the synopsis, um, the series tells the story of Dre, a young woman who is obsessed with a pop star who is basically Beyonce. And with a fan base known as The Swarm. And with Beyonce's fan base also known as The Beehive, it's clearly, they call her the queen. It's undoubtedly Beyonce. Um, the show is a deep, dark dive into Dre's life, her fandom, and how it takes her to dark, unexpected places. Which, that synopsis is actually super vague and not accurate to what I feel like the series is. <laughs> but anyway, I instantly told James he has to watch the show, and I've already watched it twice. And I can't wait to talk about this because I just feel like it is very self-aware and excellently done, in my opinion. Um, and so, James, what would be your initial thoughts on Swarm? Well, so, yeah, I, I, I think the show, it dropped very recently, right? Like last week or something? Yeah, it's like, when yeah, you, very soon. When you mentioned it to me, I hadn't even heard of it. But once I logged in Amazon Prime, I saw it there. Yeah, seven episodes, watch the whole thing. And I've been a fan of Donald Glover, I think obviously with Community, but then with like, you know, Childish Gambino and then obviously with Atlanta. And I would say if you've seen Atlanta and like specifically like the later seasons of Atlanta, they get a little more experimental and a little more bizarre. I think this is more kind of in the tone of that. So yes. I, in terms of like setting expectations, like it, it, it is a very kind of bizarre show. I think it is very funny in a very dark way, but also is like, very intense and very stressful. There's a few episodes we can kind of get into that I was like, <laughs> I can't, I can't binge the show. I need to like take a minute, go for a walk. Um, but no, I think it's very well done. And I think, yeah, obviously it's, it's, it's making a lot of comments on, on toxic fandom. And I think social media and the way, yes. the way we, we respond to cyber bullying and stuff. And the, and the way that I think the way to like, we obsess over things like comment sections, things like, tweets you know etc there's a lot of that going on um and again we can go into it i i think that dominique fishback who plays drake is excellent she's and like, amazing even when she's like doing horrible shit it's still like mesmerizing to watch <laughs> um, i know she has a real draw in this show where you're just like you can't take your eyes off her yeah and, and i will say though in, in i think in contrast to like the later seasons of atlanta where it became a lot more 
non-linear with like the plot i do think there is a narrative through line in this show even though i think each individual episode kind of has its own you know its own feel its own vibe i mean well i agree because dre we definitely follow dre's storyline but where i feel like you referencing especially like the one-off episodes of atlanta where it'll be just this one-off nuanced um episode that really has nothing to do with the storyline i feel like it is similar where every episode for the most part we have a completely new cast of characters and dre is the only common denominator so like yes exactly it's like except for like one friend that there's one scene with like towards the end every episode is like a new scenario new new um characters and like a completely one-off storyline in a lot of ways but like ties into like dre's like thread throughout the series yes so let's get into it so long story short Dre is a serial killer, I would say. And basically, we don't know when she started killing, but we basically follow her on this serial killer path where whoa, each whoa, episode. Whoa, whoa. Go, go even further back. She is not just like a stand, she is obsessed. She opens up a credit card to buy an $1,800 <laughs> ticket to see this pop star. I know. Let me know, I know. Let me know when your daughters are doing that, <laughs> No, I, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. She's and, like the biggest fan. And she's got, she she's created this, like, I guess, Twitter account or something from, like, way back where her sister's like, you still use that account? Like, when we were in eighth grade, it was cool, but not now, where it's, like, a very, very devoted, I think it's called Swarm or something. It's a very, very devoted Twitter um, handle just for Nija and like all these fans interacting with it and her and and like they share it's it is very much like the beehive like as soon as someone talks bad about her on social media they're like sending threats about it but then they're also sending addresses and sending things they find I mean basically like the today of TikTok like let's find this Karen or let's find out who this guy was that threw a drink at somebody like it's like that the internet the internet can do that now where they're just like it's this person and they work here and they live in this state and this is their address like it's very much playing into all of that but not, but, but not only that i think i think you mentioned obviously like the beehive with with beyonce but like i feel like every pop star whether it's like ariana grande or billy eilish everyone has their own like fan base that it becomes so tribal oh and yeah when, like one threatens the other it just becomes chaotic oh yeah and i feel like a perfect example of that that like is still in correlation with Beyonce was I don't know if you saw this was like a while back but it was like she was on on the floor of some courtside floor tickets to some basketball game and it was like her and and Jay-Z and then like the coach and his wife or something and it's this photo of Jay-Z talking to the coach's wife who's like on the other side of him and Beyonce just like looking at them but like it was this like side eye-ish type face that Beyonce had, which again, if you're being photographed a hundred times a day, you know, people are just making faces and don't even realize what they're making. But the beehive went so crazy on this coach's wife that she had to like deactivate everything that she like had. And Beyonce had to be like, yo, this is like our friends. Like y'all need to like chill out. But like, it was just based on this one photo that was like not incriminating at all, but people just ran with this narrative and like completely pushed this woman off social media. (laughs) Yeah, well, I, I think that that's to the show's credit. Like, it it seems so extreme, but yet it seems so plausible. Yes. So, okay. So, yeah, to get into the first episode, she spends a ridiculous amount of money on Nigel tickets. We know she can't afford the rent. She's living with her sister, um, and her sister's just, like, working at a mall, like a kiosk in the mall, like, T-shirt type place. Um, has this boyfriend who's clearly seedy, who kind of comes on to Dre, like, in the mall. 
But the big thing I want to get into is, okay, we find out at the end of the episode that the sister has um, killed, it's like Marissa has killed herself. And I think we're like kind of made to believe that that kind of spirals Dre a bit or whatever. But given episode six, which we'll get into, James, do you or do you not think that Dre killed Marissa? That is a great question, Gwendolyn, that I'm about to answer. But I will say one thing, <laughs> one thing that I had to go back and kind of rewatch that I was a little confused to me is that they refer to her as her sister, but we understand she's not her biological sister. Is that correct? So Dre was a foster child. Yeah, because they're, they're sort of like telling her she can't be at the funeral. Yes, and then like later which is on confusing. Yeah, so I, I had to kind of go back because even later on, I think it's episode five when she goes to the house, they act like they don't like, like they know her, but like they act like she's not family. So I right. was a little confused by that. In terms so of, we find out we find out in the in, so episode six, I feel like gives a lot of information because we find out, and this is through I think a comment that the friend makes, um, who was like who was like at the sleepover where she's like, it's kind of crazy to like give back your foster child or like or like you know, like ungift your foster child or something like that. But like, so like from what I understand, they wanted to take in a, a girl that was similar in age to their daughter. The daughters became very close with each other, even though they're not biological. But then after this sleepover, they basically like gave her back to the foster care. And we don't know the details of how um, Marissa and um, Dre stay in touch, but we know enough to know that now they are living together and that, um, like the parents don't know that Dre is living with her, basically. Gosh, okay. So I, I, I do think she, Marissa, commits suicide, but I think what ultimately set off Dre was when all the fans were saying like, oh, she killed herself over the new album. The, like, yes. I think that's what set her off. I mean, I, I, think I think you might be right. If anything, I think Marissa was maybe her last like lifeline, if you will, to like having yeah. some semblance of we identity. Have, we have this red, like this like detail that I don't know if it's a red herring or not of the scar on her wrist of Marissa's wrist as she's like doing her makeup and Dre kisses it. And she kind of says like, oh, you don't have to do that every time you see it or something like that. But yeah, but we can, but you know, it could either have been Marissa self harming herself or it could have been Dre harming her. So we don't really know. We don't get a detail on that. But the one thing is when she goes to the boyfriends after the fact, he does say, oh, we got into a fight that night. So like, it's fair to say that she was with him. Yeah, so either, like, either she commits suicide or maybe he did something to her. Right. And we do have the video of her being like, Dre, I'm trying to call you, blah, blah. But I feel like it's it's vague enough because, okay, so the biggest thing for me is, we're like going, we're going to be going all over the place in this episode because this is just too crazy. But when, in the episode when she's with Billie Eilish in this like girl cult and when, Billie Eilish. When, full midsummer, full midsummer. Full midsummer. Billy as soon as they're amazing. naked doing their rituals, I was like, <laughs> with, yes, get out. With, with the with this, the burns, like, scars on them. Yeah. But she's basically hypnotizing Dre with these snaps and these whatevers. But re-watching that episode, we, she kind of asks about, like, what happened to your sister? And Dre doesn't answer. But then in these weird montage flashback images that Dre's having when she's kind of, like, being, um like being kind of like seduced and like um, hypnotized by Billie Eilish, we see Marissa, like we see someone go to the fridge, which is maybe Dre's viewpoint. But then like we see Marissa come and like hit you, like we're like looking through the eyes of the viewer, hit you with a frying pan. And 
all of that was weird for me where I'm like, maybe something more happened with Marissa than Dre is like willing to even admit. Um, I don't know. I think there's a lot of gray area in what really has happened to Marissa. Well, also, um, I, I feel like we can, at least this was my takeaway from the whole show, is like, we can maybe uh, assume that Dre is a bit of an unreliable narrator. So, like, oh, what totally. Seeing, especially, we'll, we'll get into like the very end, but like, I think the very end where it becomes like a full on delusion, I can decide she's not a fully reliable person. No, she's not. A, no, exactly. She's not a reliable narr- narrator. And, like, if you notice when she goes to the parents' house, the dad is full blown being like, you killed our daughter. So, part of me is like, Okay, either they think she drove her to the suicide or they think she really killed her. So it's like right, right. It's very suspicious. And but- also and also at the very like the the end of the show where she, you know, again, to me it's like a full delusion about where she gets on stage, but then she sees Nija as Marissa, is that right? Yeah, it's like Nija's body with like Marissa's face, face or something yeah. weird. So, yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know full if this, break. Is to, this is meant to indicate like guilt or some sort of like you know some some trauma but like clearly yeah i I feel like we can't fully trust what we're seeing with her yeah and like you said it's fair to say marissa's the only thing grounding dre like from when she kind of goes off the deep end it's very clear that like marissa is her lifeline to not only a social life but just the outside world like that's that's very clear but so basically most of the episodes after that like the like the next like two three episodes after that are really her like basically predatorily stalking out people that either spoke bad about her sister's death on Twitter, but then also like had some correlation to speaking bad about Nigel on Twitter. Right. Cause like my impression is the next episode, she's working in a strip club. Obviously she's very bad at it. She only dances as nine of the songs, but we can see from when she's stalking the guy from the first scene that we see that like she stalked him he was one of the people that was like her sister deserved what she got and then like talked bad about nija and on his facebook we clearly see like he has posted that strip club and is like this is my home away from home so my impression is like she's singled this guy out she's now like stalking this guy got a job at the strip club and like is planning on killing him no matter what and like the way it culminates is not how she planned but like that's the impression i got yeah i got that too and and i feel like if i had one like nitpick of the show is that i feel like not only is she like killing all these people r- random really nilly but sometimes like the, like her the way she kills them is very clumsy and like yes. the way she gets out of it is very convenient like when she's when she's gonna kill the like tow truck driver and then he's like strangling her and right. the way the is going it's a very like convenient like how you get out of this but like I can, yes i can accept that yes i thought i mean I, and i kind of thought it was kind of funny it and was, yeah. so as i yeah so the tow truck guy is the one she's initially stalking in the second episode and um and what i think was also clever as i was like kind of going down a rabbit hole of all this stuff because i feel like donald glover likes to like especially in that one atlanta episode where it had been like the kid that was like adopted by like the lesbian couple i don't know if you saw that one yeah i saw that one so like it was based off of like a real event right so like i i credit donald glover with taking like real life crazy news events and then kind of doing a fictitious take on them so when i was looking it all up like there was these like four strippers that had like been picked up by a tow truck guy went to his home and then like beat him and killed him and like stole all the stuff or whatever so it's like i feel like it was kind of this play on that story in some ways um but but yeah the way she gets out of that one is so 
kind of like written conveniently where he's like literally killing her, strangling her. And then the prostitutes all come back from the car and they like start beating him with a bottle and shoot him thinking he was like trying to rape her. Um, yeah. But, but at the same time, I thought it was very funny. (laughs) Like the way it was done, it was clever. And and I would say too, like both with like yeah, some of the weirder episodes of Atlanta and then with the show, I do feel like Donald Glover's following like a Jordan Peele vibe of like this kind of yes. very social horror. And even I think you mentioned the scene like with like the hypnosis. There's like one scene, I don't know if it's that scene, another one, where she's like telling a story and there's like these tears like streaming down her face. It totally reminded me of the hypnosis scene in Get Out, where he's like, Yes, the they're like, Yes, 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 so yes, I, yes. I yes. feel like I feel and I but I feel like Donald Glover too though is like a smart enough creator where like he's not going to just like kind of mimic Jordan Peele. I feel like he's finding his own angle of like socially conscious, like horror satire. That's like kind of funny, kind of bizarre, kind of terrifying. Totally. And like, and, like it's not really pigeonholed by one genre. Totally. And like the way, even like the way he references like Beyonce stuff, I feel like is it's so overt, but is also so, I mean, I'm assuming he ran all this by her before he like released the show because it's so like even just the having twins and like a lot of these like fake mimicked music videos and and photos that they show is like so clearly like mimicking Beyonce and then like for her to get bit in the cheek like where I was mentioning to you before we started recording like that was a big thing in like 2018 or 2019 where like Beyonce got bit in the cheek at some party and like all I don't don't know all the details but I just remember Tiffany Haddish being on some show being like yeah I know who bit Beyonce and I'm not gonna say who it was and like it was this like big like who the f would do that (laughs) like so like the fact that Dre's the one that bites Nigel when she first sees her I'm like this is like so clever it's very (laughs) clever and again for, for the show to be called like swarm and like be referencing yeah like the bees and stuff every time we hear the sound effect of like the bees swarming when she's about to like do something crazy you know it it was like hilarious and also like so cringy like one of my favorite scenes is i think it's in the episode when she's trying to like unlock marissa's phone where she goes to like the phone guy and he's like i'm sorry this is a little too much drama for me i can't help you and the look (laughs) on her face is like i know (laughs) and like also like the one other thing that like is continuous throughout which obviously is like part of what the um the detective goes into in her episode but like this whole need to like binge food from the fridge or like binge junk food like after she's killed someone like they just like i guess they make it just this weird quirk she has they don't really like get into why that is right right that's a good point but it also makes it super creepy because she'll like have someone else's blood on her hands and she's like shoving her hands into like the plate of food like eating it i'm just like what Right. Well, actually, so actually, we should talk about that episode, the, the one with the the detective, because if anything, that's the one that kind of quote unquote breaks from like the main story. Yes. But I know you said that was your favorite, so you want to like talk about that one? Yes. Okay. So, so the second to last episode, episode six, it's called Falling Through the Cracks, and it completely breaks from the show in everything we've been seeing up to this point. Dre's not in this episode, and it goes on this very like investigative discovery, true crime kind of like they're filming for making an episode like that. And so we follow this detective, Detective Green, and um, she, you know, we basically hear from her how she like slowly starts to piece together the pieces of all these random killings to think that it is a serial killer. And the detective being a black woman to also suspect it's a black woman that's a serial killer. And, um, And one thing that she says that's really interesting in the episode is um is she's like 
you know, all the other detectives, they didn't take me seriously. They wouldn't believe me. But the one thing that I can say that I've seen across the board is like black women falling through the cracks. So I feel like it's like, it's also this kind of like neglect of taking care of that demographic while also playing into like, just alone having like a female serial killer is already like unusual. And then for it to be like a woman of color, like how like unusual, like typically that would be or whatever. And she makes a comment about how they didn't take her seriously. And then they, they like arrested a homeless man and he got charged on something else, but she kind of persistently is like trying to put together the pieces on Dre. So we start to kind of find out stuff about Dre, but it's interesting because the the mother when she goes to interview her and the pictures of the father and the pictures of Dre and Marissa are completely different people so it makes you kind of think like I had to go look up is is like Dre a real person like like it almost makes you wonder like is this based off of a true story and and like then at the end credits you have Don Glover on a red carpet being like oh yeah we're gonna be doing the the case of Andrea Green and her murders and it's like is this now the, like, his version of the true life events? But, like, as I looked it up, it's all fake, right? But it's, like, it's done in this way where you really think, like, this is something maybe that really happened. And that's when you really find out that that they had adopted um, Dre, that, and then it was, like, Dre was always kind of off, and, like, the mom makes it clear, like, the sisters had this close bond being, you know, and she said, you know, females in general will just develop such a close bond with each other and that her husband didn't understand that. But that then beyond that, um, they have this slumber party for Marissa where we see this other friend talk about it. And it was something where they're kind of, like, not hazing Marissa, but she kind of says, oh, the first person that falls asleep, we kind of, like, haze them in some way so marissa had been the first one to fall asleep and so whatever they're doing it's like dre is like yanking her hair and pushing her to the ground and is on top of her and all she hears is everyone screaming stop and then doesn't even realize that that dre had stabbed her and she has like this scar to show us and whatever so it's like we see from all that 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 like from the beginning dre's like kind of unhinged and like is not you know and like the teacher everyone's kind of saying marissa was this anchor for dre when it came to standing up against bullies and, you know, social acceptance and all this different stuff. And as she pieces together, what's the most important thing in this episode is she makes all these connections with all these other murders, which I can assume are who we see in the episodes where like two white girls are killed. I assume it's like the two girls she killed when she's on that farm with Billie Eilish. It's like different things, but then it's like they get her as she's dressed as a man, which we see in the final episode. And then it's like she stormed the the Nija concert stage, which a fan did do to Beyonce. But we know in that episode that she's already been arrested by like storming the stage. So then it's interesting because now we backtrack yeah. in the final episode to like before she goes to the concert and where that's where she completely breaks at the end where when she does storm the stage, she has this fantasy that it's like Nyjah with her sister's face being like, why don't you sing for everybody? And like takes her like back in her limo and like puts her head on her shoulder. But we all know now, like that's all the police, like the, like the police have arrested her and they're probably putting her in a cop car. Right. Exactly. So, but it was, but what I loved too about that, um, that, that one-off, um, ID documentary episode is like, not only is, are they making so many commentaries in so many ways on this show and like the social media and the fan frenzy and all these different aspects, but like then to also make this commentary on like this weird 
obsession that we have with like true crime and like and like and all these documentaries and the gore and the horror and the whatever that's like definitely an unhealthy obsession that like America has at this point and I'm guilty of that too but like <laughs> it's just like making so many commentaries and I love when they go to see the social worker they like are basically like we just want to know what's what was wrong with her like what's her sob story basically and the lady's like I'm not going to give you some sob story so that you can kind of like make yourselves feel better about about why she has issues or whatever. She's like, you're failing the system. So if you want to help it, you should adopt a child or like whatever. And like, then like storms off. And I thought that was like so great in a lot of ways to kind of be like, yeah, like we don't have to like find justification in like why people are messed up or whatever, but it's like, what are you doing in the overall system to help it? It was it was a real, it was my favorite. It was such a good episode. The lady who plays a detective is like riveting. And to me, it helps really piece together all these episodes into like a cohesive, like kind of backstory, if you will, by, by rusing it as this like real life detective, like filming ID episode. Not only that, and this might be me like reading too much into this, but I think, I think the sort of like satire and comedy goes even further because the episode where, again, she's like breaking into the Marissa's parents' house and like the father has the shotgun. He has the one line in the, in the kitchen about how like, you know, when you're when you're at the top, that's when, like when the devil comes for you, which that's what Will Smith said in his acceptance speech after he slapped Chris Rock, which is was an it? example. Of, yeah, he said that line. Oh. And, and like, I feel like Donald Glover is smart enough to be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Nothing like that is accidental. When it comes yeah. To Donald but, like, it, it's the exact phrasing of like when you're at your highest, that's like when the devil comes for you. And that's literally what Will Smith said in his speech after slapping Chris Rock. So I just, Jeez. I feel like he's commenting on all of that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, because, because if I'm not mistaken, except for the, except for the midsummer episode, like almost everyone she kills is black, right? Uh, oh no, no, no. Because the one prostitute and boyfriend she kills too, they're white. Other way, but okay. that's the great, that's the, that's the great part where like the prostitutes all think she's super weird in the first episode or the second episode and then one's like trying to be friendly to her but it's also kind of like stalkerish where she's just like showing up at her motel room and like wants right, like right. take her out to lunch and whatever and she's like clearly screaming at her boyfriend in like the front of the strip club as she's like leaving and that's where like they're like they're like in the diner and she's like oh she's like yeah she's like I left one of my old boyfriends because he couldn't accept that I was that I was black and like Dre just goes like you're black and she's like yeah my dad's half and she's oh, like you're half. Right. she's like half <laughs> what <laughs> and she's like that's why my name is Halsey which is like a whole other comment you know, know like know. like that is like like I was like Donald Glover's really going in but like but yeah but so like she kills I think she, that like that was one of the funny things to me because it's like. Then the friend comes back where it's like where she like is screaming in the phone about how like her like how much she like hates her boyfriend and then like ten minutes later is like we have to go because he wants me to bring him food like now and then it's like they go into their fighting again and then she shows up that night being like can I crash here like I left him I'm never going back to him and that's where like like it's like Dre gets up in the middle of the night and goes and kills him just out of like annoyance <laughs> like it's like because this girl like won't leave her alone and like I love when the when the girl like walks in on her dragging the body in the backyard like after she's killed him and like she starts kicking the body like the girlfriend and Dre like so awkwardly like goes to kick it too but like isn't sure if she's gonna like lunge at her at any point or like 
if she's just in her with her on it and then like as they're burying the body and she's like the way the the like friends like oh we're gonna be like the black thumb and louise oh we're gonna this we're gonna that and then she's just like <laughs> and you're thinking like oh gosh is this character gonna like continue and then she just like shoots her in the face shoots after the face, they it's like it was like so well done but yeah there's like i feel like there's so many commentaries in so many ways with all of these things it's like i feel like you could do a lecture on every episode and like the nuances and the like subtleties and well, like well that that's why i wanted to go back and rewatch because i feel like even though it's only seven episodes like each one is so densely packed that like i thought oh, i was yeah. like, missing some things because there is a lot of like texture to it yeah and like there's weird things happening with the phone where it's like you know you know dre finds marissa's phone when she first like texts her like i miss you and then finds the phone like texts her, like i miss you too and like there's weird stuff with that where like I think it's like the third episode she's going to stalk some woman that's talking bad about Nyjah or something. And like, they've posted her address. It's like, she's like gone cross country at this point or whatever. And that's when she like befriends the security guard. That's like working at the Nyjah concert or whatever. But it's like, as she's in the elevator with this woman, he comes in or something. And then she gets a text from her dead sister being like, follow the jacket or something like that. And it's like, you're like, okay, is she texting herself this? Like, or is she just like delusional at this point? Like there's a weird, there's a weird obsession with her and the phone that even Billie Eilish like kind of plays into, but it's like, it is this, like, it's like, like you said, she's an unreliable character or an unreliable narrator. So like, we don't really know when things make sense or when she's just flat out delusionally seeing it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, is she, yeah, everything with Marissa is so, is so kind of questionable of how, yeah. of what we're actually seeing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what else to talk about. It's like my brain can like only barely handle what I've seen on the show. And like, I've already watched it twice. I've watched the detective episode three times. So I was like, there has to be, <laughs> I was like, there has to be answers in this episode. You know what I mean? Like, and like, I just, I feel like, like don't you feel like it just feels so fresh in so many ways oh absolutely and and again i I know i've mentioned like atlanta and stuff like i just to me i find like obviously not only is donald glover like so unbelievably talented but just the the whole trajectory of his career from like being on community to then being like childish gambino to now being this more like art house kind of you know social commentary filmmaker is just a very fascinating trajectory and i feel like he just seems so in control of his art which i think is very It's for cool sure. And also, for I mean, sure. I, I feel like wherever they take this show, like it could go in a conventional way or it could get even more abstract. Like I, but I, I trust whatever he does. Oh, totally. And like you said, like there's definitely the way it ends. I feel like there is, it almost feels like, like there, you couldn't go further, but at the same time, I feel like you could do so much more. And like Dominique Fishback killed it. She was so good she's amazing. in this show she's amazing. like yeah. riveting obviously she's carrying the show because it's like all about her but even all the bit characters that she interacts with i mean billy eilish blew me away i had no idea she could act or anything like that she was full-on creepy like you said like full-on like midsummer and like all this all these bit characters like again like it was like it was so well done when yeah who's your favorite artist 
Oh my god, it's every time she <laughs> asks, like, I'm like, oh no. And like, and like, um, and like, that was the creepiest when she's like with all the prostitutes, and they're like, yo, what is your problem? Because it's like she's like, well, why did you say that Nigel's blah blah blah? And they'll be like, I didn't. She's like, but you did. She did. <laughs> it's like, and then they'll be like, Twitter, really? <laughs> like, or the way they're like, like that artist only won one Grammy, Nigel's won twenty six. Like, <laughs> I know. Which I'm, I haven't looked it up, but I, I'm sure whatever amount of Grammy she's won is the same the Beyonce's won. Like it's like it's yeah. like it's like no 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 if and even him giving it's the a weird correlation, yeah. Right. Even them giving the weird um opening at the beginning of every episode being like anything that like seems like a real person or a real event is intentional. And like I'm like that's so weird. And like yeah like all like especially the bite and like the like the twins and like all these like and like evolutions like her her tour where like it's like it's like so many plays on beyonce it's like hands down yeah exactly exactly and 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 the scary thing is you go on any yeah like twitter reddit whatever like you're gonna see comments of of people like her oh oh 100 it's it's everywhere it's everywhere and this is where like you said though it's like so interesting to see dre where she like takes what most people consider a fluff comment if it's on the internet and like makes it like this reality that's very serious you know like well i think it also again when you talk about like toxic fandom it shows how how the fans treat this almost like a religion like it's like this is the person you worship it's like and you are and it is like a cult of their own making totally totally no absolutely but i think that's the most we could cover on this episode without my brain exploding also can i just say um, can i just say i'm looking at the poster and the tagline stan correct Great, great tagline. Oh great my tagline. gosh. No, it's it's so it ten out of ten, I completely recommend the show. Like you're gonna you're gonna need to go down the rabbit hole to understand what all is happening. And I'm sure there'll be more in I mean, like we said, this only came out like a week ago. I'm sure there'll be more interviews and more things where, you know, like the cast and directors will reveal more nuanced things that we didn't know. But although I, although another thing I like about Donald Glover is like he's he's kinda like uh, Zendaya where like they're very present, but they're not all over social media. They're not the type to kind of like reveal their whole personal lives. And so I feel like even with that one little snippet of Donald Glover at the end of episode six, like he's not going to be the type to like over explain the show or like say too much. And totally. Because that's part of the nuance, right? Is that exactly. you take out of it what you take out of it. Exactly. Um, no, I completely agree. I, I 100% recommend this show. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. No, And I would totally watch a season two or just kind of whatever whatever uh they decide to do next i know i mean this kind of thing where you could like you said there's so many stands or whatever you could just find a whole new a whole new uh like crazed fan uh, that's a whole new celebrity you know like you could there's so many crazy people out there that are already like this it's like you could get you could create a second season that's like a completely new cast yeah and I feel like, yeah, I feel like for like not just him, but for Janine neighbors, like clearly they're they're drawing off like real inspiration. But I feel like I feel like they just seem to be smart enough where like they're not gonna just like milk this. They they're telling the story they need to tell. And if it's one season or if it's five seasons or two seasons, like they're not they're gonna just do whatever they want to do. Right. They're not gonna buckle under the pressure of give us more because it's successful. They're, no, they're exactly. not about that. And, and that was something I, even though, even though I didn't love like the very end of Atlanta, that's what I appreciate about Donald Glover with Atlanta is like, he just seems fully in control of what he's doing yeah. and he's not going to just like kind of take things for just to, for a paycheck. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Okay. Well, this was 
very good discussion. I'd love to hear people's thoughts on this show because I feel like it's so dense. But yes. um, but thank you so much for listening to 10 Times a Terror. I'm Gwen. I'm James. And we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to It's 10 Times the Terror. The podcast. One of my favorite films ever. <laughs> Let's do that for again. Thank you for listening to 10 Times the Terror. This podcast would not be possible without listeners like you. You can find out more about our podcast by visiting our website, 10timestheterror.com. That's 10xtheterror.com.